Welcome to Christian Warrior Women, the number one spot for women desiring the real, raw truth. How to live in confidence without doubts. The battle for your identity, faith, and courage in relationships, health, and wealth with God is real. Here is Lisa Hawkins, author, coach, and minister. Good day, ladies, and I am happy to be talking with you today. I had to really pray and ask the Lord what he would like me to cover today because it has been a very taxing week and between work and life and we'll add and even politics has made things um, a bit stressful and something that I noticed and and prayed about that I want to talk about is anger management. As we've been dealing with anger the last week, it just has been interesting how a lot of people are angry, and a lot of people are angry for good reasons. And But in that, we need to make sure that what we are feeling is not something that we allow to take root or take a foothold in our lives to create a stronghold and create emotions and actions that are far from the will of God. And so question is, can Christians be angry? And this is where I kind of laugh at individuals who try to play the Christianese role of, oh, I'm never angry. I just love people. No, we do have anger. And the Bible wouldn't warn us about not letting the sun go down with our anger if, if we were not going to be angry. And we are human and we are flawed. So if you have struggled with any of that this week, last month, or even the last couple of years, know that um, it is a feeling that can be felt by believers often and much, but it's how we allow that anger to take a stronghold. So like in Ephesians 4, 26, be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. You know, and we go on in 31 about let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God Christ also has forgiven you and do not give the devil an opportunity. I think what's really key when we're trying to manage anger and we normally will spew it from someone because maybe they've said something offensive or maybe they've purposely tried to hurt your feelings. And that's where the evaluation and sometimes the judgment can come into play. One you can look at it as, is this a pattern of behavior um, from this person, organization, um, or group of people? Or is this a one-off thing? Or do certain people say things that aren't that smart, speak out of ignorance? All of those things can make us angry. But I always try to when you feel your chest or your heart or your emotions, bring it, you know, number one, just go into a mindset of think before you speak. 
because everybody has a position and I can't expect someone else to understand my position if they haven't walked in my shoes and I can't necessarily walk in their position or speak from their position if I haven't walked in their shoes. And I think if we would stop and listen, and sometimes when we say think before we speak, maybe write down what we think we heard. If what I heard or what has happened, this is what I'm taking from what I've heard, read, or has happened. And look at that and think, is this typical behavior from this person? Could I have misunderstood? If there's a way for you to play it back, great. If not, you could always ask when you speak. When we get to another step, you can also ask for clarity. But the one thing we want to do is that I notice that as believers that we do, we hang our hat on one one thing or another. Staying silent when we see people abused or we see evil attacking others is not showing love and is not being Christian. We can look at many times in the Bible when Christ spoke for the underdog, when the Lord didn't say with the popular thing, the Lord could have come and just hung out with the Pharisees and backed them up and like, you're the leaders of the world and blah, blah, blah. But what the Lord knew is that they had flaws and they didn't have compassion and they may, they may know the rules of the law and they may know how to do this and that and the other. They may be more educated. They may have more money, more power, more prestige. But if you don't have love and compassion for someone that can't do anything for you, then that's not the Lord's love. And so I challenge anyone who would follow or put stake or their soul or their um, support behind someone that doesn't display the love of the Lord. Because we're supposed to recognize the fruit of the Spirit within people, whether it's a pastor in church, whether it's your boss at your job, whether it's a politician, whether it's even our president. We have to make sure that our heart and soul follows the Lord Jesus Christ. I sit back and I notice how people are fighting so hard for an ideology or for propaganda. And I don't see that same energy or that same fervor for them saving the lost or winning souls. If you could take up arms and you can take up the battle to argue with Tom, Dick, and Harry about things in this world that are not what we're fighting for and not the kingdom we're living for, then I would question, where is your loyalty then for Jesus? Because Jesus isn't always, the, Jesus isn't the one going with the crowd. We have to have a relationship with the Lord that we hear what the Lord is sharing. You know, many of us feel that staying quiet 
and just letting this pass or maybe this person has something that I like, one thing they're doing that's going to help me out. And yeah, I see other people suffering, but I like this one thing that they're doing or I like these two things that they're doing. But I will not um, put my hope and my trust in man. The word doesn't say that. And the word does say who I'm supposed to love with all my heart and who I'm supposed to trust with all my heart. And if someone doesn't display that fruit, that the Holy Spirit abides in them, I'm going to question and I'm going to watch and I'm going to be observant of how they show their love to one another, how they speak. Do they speak in love or do they speak combatively? Are they demeaning? Are they disrespectful? Because we can't, as believers, put our trust in man-made systems. You know, we state that we are warring against spirits and principalities. Well, guess where they are? They are in the highest echelons, no matter what country you are in. It's in operation. It's in the atmosphere. It's in the environment. And we have to be the light of the world. We can't believe that people with higher stations in life are the ones exhibiting the light. We have to be the ones exhibiting the light. We have the power as individuals to know that although we may be upset what's going on in politics, that we have to know that our prayers and that God's plan is going to operate. Does that mean we sit and do nothing? No, we speak what the truth is. And that truth is to support in love. That truth is to pray for change to come. That truth is for some to march, to, to, you know, hold up your banners and speak that truth. But it never goes toward where we're hating and we're in support of hating and demeaning others, no matter who they are. Because if you believe they're different from you, then you believe they're lost. And the Lord saved us to save the lost. Our light should be shining, not our venom. And our venom as believers is showing that anyone who doesn't think or see the world the way you or I do is the enemy. And that's a lie from the enemy. Because we want to save people. We don't, walk around, we don't want to walk around judging people. We're not judges. We, are, we have the Holy Spirit abiding in us so we can reveal truth. We can speak prophetically. We can bring light into darkness to change people's health, their state of mind, their wealth. And that's what we need to change. Trying to get someone in a particular party or having them um, believe that if you're not in one party, you can't be a Christian. If you're in a different party, that's man-made systems. I don't know about you. I'm not living for man-made systems. I'm in the earth 
and I'm going to activate my free will to, to vote and to choose and to do those things. But I am not going to stand by and support anyone bashing someone's nationality, someone's race, someone's even what they believe, because God first gave us a choice to serve him or not to serve him. So let us who know who Jesus Christ is, let us exhibit that love in every person we come in contact with. I don't need to yell and scream at someone because they have a different belief. I can share what I believe. If they choose not to understand my position, then what does the word say about how we dust our feet off and keep it moving? We don't have to ram it up there down their throats. We don't have to curse them out. We don't have to yell um, racist comments or demeaning comments. That will not make them a believer. But what we can say is I respect your, your decision and I heard why you believe what you believe. And if you ever want to talk about, talk about it again, you know, I have some other thoughts. I think that will get you a conversation with someone versus telling someone that they're not smart enough or to go back somewhere or to say anything about their family or looks or economic situation. We have to be very careful. You know, I, I, I look at when it's Black History Month and I see the videos of not so long ago of African-American little girl going into a school where it had been desegregated. And I see these mothers and I see these women on the side of the street, some spitting, some yelling, some trying to, I don't know, maybe harm the child even, that they had to have um, security. And I ask, 20, 30 years later, what do they think of themselves? If they saw, if they see themselves, they have to see themselves in the video, the harm and the hate that they were spewing at this young child for walking in a school. And I ask, now what side are they still on? Do they really think their actions brought change, but what did they do? They spewed hate. And I ask today, whatever side you are on, 20, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, I do feel that we are in, unless the Lord comes before then, we are in a place of the same kind of consequence. Where does the Lord want you to be? Does he want you spewing hate? Does he want you or does he want you showing compassion? Does he want you abiding by the law? Of course. But does he want you filling yourself with lies and deceit? No. It's very important today that when we're talking about and dealing with anger to make sure you're dealing in truth. 
And truth is a very hard thing to come by today because half of what's said, I don't care what network you listen to, there's an influence and there's a spin. And truth is very far. It's probably, you know, there's been no time in history where our politicians told the whole truth. No matter what party you're in, there is no truthful party that has only been for the purpose of the people. And we have to recognize that and understand that what our system is. And so whether you have to read to build knowledge or maybe span your network of, of maybe hearing multiple stations, whatever that is, you see, you can't just go along with somebody told you of something that was said, because unfortunately, you don't know where they got that information and if that information was even true. And it reminds me that when we stand before the Lord, we're going to be judged on what we did, what we knew, and how we acted. And I want to be judged on that I had knowledge of the word and I had knowledge of what had been said and I matched it with what the word said and that I chose to live by the word. Not that I chose to live by what my pastor said on Sunday or what my small group person said or what the news guy said or what the paper said, but that whatever was said, I married it with the word and with the Lord abiding in me, that's where my actions came from. So make sure things are going in our future are going to probably get worse before they get better. And so there are going to be moments when you yell, scream, get angry, or teed off. And I want you to stop and to think. And that's why you have that journal and write down the things that you're angry about so that when you pray, you're praying for the Lord to bring a calmness over your spirit. So I'm going to run through some, you know, 10 additional steps that you can do to help manage your anger and tame your temper and your emotions. Okay, so we talked about Thinking before you speak. Also something that might help before you speak. If you're thinking, then as I mentioned, writing it in the journal, writing down what you believe you heard and what emotion maybe you attach to it so that you can look at the words that you believe you heard. Sometimes we attach emotion more than maybe what was said. And then maybe ask yourself, was it just this statement or was this a cumulative amount of things that have been said that have resulted in you being angry? So, okay, you acknowledge that you're angry. And it's not about, well, am I justified? Am I? No, but you want to also, you'll notice your pattern. Because when you acknowledge that you're angry, then it's easier that when you go to pray, that you can just release that 
to the Lord and ask the Lord to bring peace over yourself so that you can speak calmly, so that you can be effective, and so that maybe you can raise the knowledge base of some people who believe X, Y, Z, or that you can be content to know that it is right with your soul, whether others believe it or not. Okay? So we're thinking before we speak. So once we do that, we're going to find ourselves in a calmer position. And so I would say once you do that, you pray, you'll now have yourself at a thinking clearly and an ability to express your frustration. And you can express this in an assertive manner but not have to be confrontational or battling or insulting or, you know, hands in someone's face. And sometimes, you know, I think as believers, we think that, oh, we're Christians, so we're just passive. Things just happen to us. No, if we if you read the word, the truth that's within you from you reading the word and knowing the character of Christ then you're going to pray and have a response. I will tell you when the Lord gives a response, it's not always a whole lot of words. The truth is normally pretty simple. And once you say it, you leave it. So you express your emotion, you express your frustration or your anger, and you state your concerns and needs clearly and directly without hurting others or trying to what? Control them. Trust me, I've had to do this exercise many a times, I must say. (laughs) The third piece, you can get some exercise, physical activity, go for a long walk, put your headset on, don't walk and think about what you've got to say, what you've got to do, how you're going to confront them, or what, how you're going to win the debate. It's not about winning. That's what I had to learn. It's not about winning. It's about expressing how you feel and letting it go. It doesn't mean it has to even be accepted. It doesn't have to be believed. How many times have you told someone that God is real? And they said, I don't believe God is real. God's never spoken to me. He's never called me by name. And I've never experienced him. So you may have, but I don't know anything what you're talking about that. About that. Do I get upset with them? What do you mean God is not real? Don't you see the sun and the sky and the, and the moon? I don't go there and I'm sure you don't. So the same way that we use hopefully you use it in calmness and you share what I always do is I share how, what my relationship is with God, because you know, people can't debate with you about your relationship. They can debate if you throw out theory and you throw out, yeah, the sun and the moon is in the star to you and me. That's an indication of a greater God, but they might want to come up with some scientific thing. But when I can tell them that the Lord has spoken to me, he abides in me. And this is my experience with Christ. You can't argue with my experience. You can't tell me what I already know, what I already feel. 
But you can tell me if I try to throw some other stuff or some scientific or logic, because not everybody has logic, but you can't argue with my personal testimony. So also something you might want to do is take time out. Time out just isn't for kids. Sometimes you got to give yourself a break. Have you ever been in a disagreement or angry with someone and you can tell, and this is something I've used, and you could tell that, okay, I'm getting frustrated here and it's getting like stronger. And I literally say, you know what? I agree to disagree with you and I'm leaving it at that because I don't think continuing is going to take this in the right direction. There's my time out. It doesn't matter at that point who's who's going to be right, who's going to be wrong. My position is firm and I'm not going to allow that foothold of the enemy to trigger me to a point where I say something that I don't mean or I say something because anger and frustration has gotten too high. So time out, it's break. I'm done with the conversation. I've had I've done that with my husband. We've um, disagreed on something and be like, well, I didn't see it that way you did. And it's cool that you saw it that way. And I can't argue with you that you see it that way. But this is my position and I'm keeping it. And he and I are good doing doing that. And if somebody still wants to convince you after you've said you're done, then you have to assertively say to them, read my lips. I do not want to discuss this anymore. And there is nothing that's not Christian about you making your position clear. And it frustrates me when I talk with women and sometimes men that are passive in that they just allow folks to just no, you don't have to allow yourself to be put in that position when you're done you're done. You walk away, you move away, you do whatever you have to do. Someone doesn't have to ruin your day or your hour spewing nonsense to you or hateful things to you. So when you walk away, you can think about what was some possible solutions, how that could have gone better or saying less may have been better Instead of focusing on what made you mad or what made you angry, work on what could have um, went differently. And I could use a simple one. Have you ever been angry? If you have children, you tell your child to clean their room. And hours later, after you've told them two or three times, you go and the room is still a mess. I don't know about you. Normally we had a timeline. Okay, you do this because we're going to go do this. And it's time to go and they haven't done it. So, of course, you're angry, you're upset, you're mad. I wish I could say there was no yelling that may have been involved or whatever. But at some point, you, you're angry, you're mad, or you fuss at them or you yell at them. And then later... When you're sitting with them, if you're like me, you look over and you realize, look at my child or whatever it may be, and you give them a hug and you apologize. I've apologized to my kids before 
for yelling at them or being mad at them or letting them get me angry. And I let them know that I was angry at what they didn't do or angry at their behavior, but it doesn't change my love for them. Make sense? So the next time I'll have a conversation with them on how could we prevent this from happening in the future? And believe it or not, it happens again and again. And then I'll say we had a plan on how if we make a plan to clean up, then we need to stick to that plan. And unfortunately with children and in life with people, you have to just come back to what's the discipline you put in place. So then you have to stick with when we talk with, when we're at number six now, you know, avoid criticizing, placing blame, name calling, all of those things that really do nothing but bring more attention and elevate the disagreement or offense to a higher level and, and anger, as we know, when we've seen riots or when we've seen, you know, Charlottesville is an example here in the United States of something that got out of control and led to harm can lead to physical endangering of other people, whether pulling on pulling out of guns, hitting folks with cars, or just physically punching someone out or whatever, or fights. We don't need things to lead to that. So that is why it's important that we, we manage our anger. We don't hold on to anger. We release anger fairly quickly. So when we talk about, when we say I statements, a lot of times people like to talk, well, we know. Be assertive and say, I felt when you're express, expressing yourself. Describe the problem. Be respectful and be specific. So you can say, I am upset that you didn't listen to me when I was sharing how I felt about this subject. I felt about A, B, and C. Because the bottom line, it comes down to respect. When we don't listen to people or allow them to talk, we're not respecting them. And it doesn't matter if you agree or disagree. As believers, we should listen. Now, if someone is spewing, again, someone is spewing something that is against your belief, against your religion, against your race, against your whatever, you walk away. You let them know, I don't need to sit and receive that. So, but if someone is sharing their emotions about an experience that they've had, whether it's a life experience, whether it's a spiritual experience, you might learn something if you listen. So the next one is about not holding a grudge. That comes with forgiveness. Forgiveness is powerful. And does that mean if you forgive someone and they do the same actions again, that it's that action is still not wrong, possibly, and you still may need to forgive them. But it doesn't change me. I forgave you when you did it before, but I see you've done this action again. And I'm going to choose to forgive you again 
But I am going to point out that your action was wrong, however dire or whatever it may be. So people think that sometimes because you forgive that you've forgotten. I can forgive you, but that doesn't mean that when you continue this behavior that I'm not going to call you on it and state that this is inappropriate and this shouldn't be said, this shouldn't be done. It doesn't mean I'm not forgiving, but it is meaning that I'm going to hold you accountable. Okay? We can use humor to release tension. You know, sometimes I'll watch the news or I'll see what's going on and I realize I need to watch something I enjoy. I love ballroom dancing. I love watching God's talent in people in general. So maybe I'll watch America's Got Talent or I'll watch, what's the other one? So You Think You Can Dance or maybe um, maybe The Bachelor before if you're looking for entertainment because you need something lighthearted, nothing that you've got to be deeply engaged in, but just something that, wow, that person sang, wow, that person had a great talent. And for me, when I watch talent shows, I'm always seeing... It's like, to me, I'm watching God's gift within those individuals. We all have a gift. And what I love about shows that that bear talent is I'm seeing their God talent in them that God gave them. And we all have them. So even when we're watching all those people on the show, a lot of them say they once were watchers of the show. And then they decided to come on and display their talent. So I challenge you that... In these times that we don't find a way to release, whether it's in humor, whether it's in watching something entertaining, whether it's doing something you love to do. Maybe it's, you know, we talked about exercise, going running or dancing or, you know, hanging with your children and doing something fun, but finding something to bring balance because we all need balance. You can't have one side, all stress, drama, hate, and pain, and whatever, and then a little bitty, bitty, bitty little fun. We need balance, okay? So, and that helps you practice relaxation skills. You want to practice how to relax, whether it's breathing, whether it's prayer, whether it's meditating. What I love to do is have sometimes just some a quiet my quiet closet or my war room and have the scripture just playing. And me, I don't know about you, have you ever fallen asleep? You thought you were just there meditating and you got so relaxed that I woke up one time and I started in Genesis 1 and it was, I woke up, I don't know, I was in 40 something or whatever. But you find what relaxes you. And I'll find sometimes I'm already stressed and I'll listen to the word and it just guides me into sleep. Or maybe it's ocean sounds on YouTube or something. And if you're at a place where your anger, you feel like it's rage, that it, you're, it feels more violent oriented and you're not able to calm yourself, guess what? Know when you need help. Know when to raise the flag and say, you know, I am beyond being able to manage my anger um, and I need help. 
with anger issues. Maybe it's a generational struggle in your family that anger is something maybe one of your parents had and maybe your grandparents had. And so you've noticed that you've had it and it feels like it's out of control and you need to do something. And so it causes you to do things you wind up regretting or saying things or hurting people or disappointing people because your anger gets out of out of whack. Maybe you physically are harming someone or maybe you have a spouse that's doing that. So make sure that you get yourself help if that's what's needed. So I hope today that these tips for you on anger will help you um, will help you be more cognizant of your emotions and help you have a plan and a strategy for how to tame your anger, tame your emotions. And always, if you feel that even if you don't want to seek professional help, maybe you'll say, well, I don't have insurance, yada, yada. Then find someone who is a believer like you or, or a small group leader or someone you affiliate with that you, that you respect and believe will keep your confidence and ask them if they can be your partner. Partner meaning that you're struggling with anger and could they be a lifeline for you? You know, we hear these different shows that say, call a friend. Can you be my call a friend when I'm on the brink of feeling that my anger is turning into rage and I'm losing control? And I'm sure that you can find someone that can be the person you call when you're on the ledge, okay? So I want you to be blessed. I want you to enjoy your weekend. And I pray that this series on anger management and skills to overcome anger and to really live a fulfilled life in Christ has blessed you. And love to hear your feedback. Definitely join us on Christian Warrior Woman. You can also... um, Send me an email at lisa at christianwarriorwoman.com or lisahawkinsauthor.com. Sorry, lisa at lisahawkinsauthor.com. Okay, have a blessed day and we will talk soon. wants to offer you a free gift from her Amazon best-selling book, Christian Warrior Women at ChristianWarriorWomen.com. For information, contact Lisa at LisaHawkinsAuthor.com.